0: BDSM United Podcast. An often forgotten part of discipline is service. Now, not all submissives or slaves are necessarily service-oriented or interested in service at all. Um, In addition, not all dominants are necessarily interested in having skilled servants. More individuals on both sides of the slash are drawn to BDSM because of their attraction to control rather than service. Uh, controlling others or feeling the control of others seems to be more popular as a motivation for power exchange than service. However, even control-oriented dominance require their, their submissives to do practical work sometimes, including tasks that they're interested in having done correctly. Whereas protocols are repeatable, the de- defining actions within a power exchange, service is often a type of one or more protocols. So service plays at least a small part in most every relationship dynamic. I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. You can also find me as an admin of a rather large Facebook page called whips chains and duct tape you can find that at wcdtbdsm also on facebook or you can find us on the web at www.bdsmunited.com thank you for listening to this podcast today be sure you subscribe and like us on your favorite podcast platform And that you also leave us a review on like iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Leave us a review and tell people that you like BDSM United podcast. So service plays at least a small part in most every relationship dynamic. So we want to look at this aspect of discipline in this podcast today. In the book, Real Service, Joshua Tenpenny offers these four rules of service. And these are powerful statements, and uh, we're sharing them because part of discipline is the dominant taking mastery over their thoughts and emotions, and the submissive developing a yielding attitude. The first rule of service is, if the master doesn't want it, it isn't service. (laughs) That's a pretty big one right there. If the master doesn't want it, then it isn't service. Even if you're doing it for their benefit, even if you think they ought to want it, even if you think it needs to be done, even if bad things will happen if it isn't done, even if you are really good at it, (laughs) even if your last master loved it, even if your mother taught you it's the way things are done, even if doing it is traditionally associated with your identity, even if people in the scene expect you to do it, even if you find it deeply fulfilling, you guessed it, it isn't service. That doesn't mean no one should ever do it or that it's wrong to want to do it. It just isn't service. If the master doesn't want it, it isn't service. Second rule of service is contempt has no place in service. If either person feels contempt for the other, something has gone very wrong. A service relationship should ideally be one of mutual respect. The servant respects the master, and the master respects the servant's calling as a worthy and honorable one. Contempt in either direction will become apparent in even the most careful and formal of dynamics, and it won't take long for both parties to slowly begin to dislike each other and their interactions. Even where the master and servant are both comfortable with the idea that the master is in some way inherently superior to the servant, if the master has contempt for the servant or their role, it shows that the master is not secure in that superior role. They should fully understand both their own right to give orders and that following orders is not an act of degrading, When this is understood, service can be managed and received with graciousness, not disdain or condescension. Perhaps more difficult to recognize is servants who feel some level of contempt for their masters. There's nothing wrong with the servant honestly believing that the master would find it difficult or impossible to do certain things without the servant's assistance provided there is no contempt for the master in this assessment. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, if the servant desperately wants to be indispensable to the master, it can lead to inappropriate behaviors such as setting things up in an intentionally obscure way or making it needlessly difficult for anyone else to perform the servant's tasks. The third rule of service is... A bad attitude is corrosive to the servant and the relationship. Servants sometimes use <clears throat> sulking or bitching while, they're, while they work as a stress outlet, and they feel somewhat better afterwards. But we believe that it's more of a problem in the long run than they might believe. Some masters don't care if their servant goes about grumbling. So long as the job gets done and they don't have to hear it, Uh, Some don't even care about hearing it, so long as there is no actual disobedience. While the master may not mind, the person who is most harmed by serving with a bad attitude is the servant. Eventually, over time, service will become associated in subtle ways with unpleasantness, and they'll begin uh, to hate their job, and perhaps the master, who is the hub of that job, To keep going day after day in a service relationship, the servant must make an ongoing effort to associate service with happiness and contentment as often as possible. And this means actively working to find ways to have a good attitude. A Bad attitude is corrosive to the servant and the relationship. The fourth rule of service is A good servant wants their master to be right. The rule isn't a good servant wishes their master was always right. Masters are human, and sometimes they're wrong. However, when the master and the servant disagree about what is the right way to do something, a good servant wants their master's decision to work out well, even if that means the servant was wrong. Uh, Servants, they're human too, and sometimes they're wrong. Most people have no trouble accepting this as true in the abstract. They don't claim to be perfect or demand absolute infallibility from others, and yet one of the biggest sources of friction in a service relationship is when the servant honestly believes that their master is wrong about an order or has a wrong perception that is negatively affecting the servant, or perhaps has a wrong-headed idea that has nothing to do with the servant, but simply knowing that the master holds this ridiculous idea damages their trust in the master in general. It isn't necessary for the master to always be right, or for the servant to pretend that the master was right, when that is obviously not the case. But conflicts are resolved so much more smoothly if the servant genuinely wants the master's decision to turn out to be right. It's about an attitude. It's an attitude adjustment. Service within many power exchange relationships isn't really all too formal. Instead service is typically a combination of performing everyday tasks as well as some kink or scene related tasks. Perhaps the submissive keeps the home or the play space clean or they attend to the dominance needs in the social environment. Perhaps the submissive takes out the toys or cleans them and puts them away after a scene. There are numerous ways that service plays a role in a power exchange relationship. Service often helps define and strengthen a power exchange. Service is an important part of discipline that more couples should be mindful about and look for further ways to integrate even subtle service <clears throat> service-related service protocols into their relationship. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tomorrow, we'll look at another way to strengthen a relationship, and our ne- next podcast will be about routines and rituals, so you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. Hopefully, you learned uh, something about the attitudes of uh, service-oriented submission and that, you know, ultimately, service plays at least a small part in in most every relationship dynamic in every power exchange relationship. Because protocols, you know, uh, often involve some level of service. I am Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy. You can also find me at Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape on Facebook at WCDTBDSM. You can find me on YouTube by searching Primal Piggy. You can find our podcast on all the major platforms now. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Uh, I think we're on Pandora now. We're on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Audible. Uh, We're we're all around. We're on a lot of the smaller sites, too. So just searching BDSM United Podcast will pull up a lot of links to our podcasts. Uh, Listen and subscribe on your favorite. And again, leave a review. Um, I noticed there weren't very many reviews out there yet, which is understandable. Uh, We've just kicked off another round of podcasts this this year. And so, um, you know, doing that will help us get, help us with our goal of getting more free BDSM educational resources into the ears of adults and really sharing our culture with them. Uh, Thank you for listening today. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie, at DatingKinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free.